Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the United States, brought to you by Insurance Business. Welcome to the latest edition of IB Talk. I'm Gia Snape, news editor for Insurance Business. The cyber insurance market is starting to show signs of stability after a period of innovation and growth. But that doesn't mean organizations should be complacent about their cybersecurity strategies. Today, we're learning more about creating robust protocols for cyber risk management. We're speaking to Ben Delu, Chief Information Security Officer at Duck Creek Technologies. He leads their overall strategy and management of corporate cybersecurity and protection programs. Great to have you on board with us, Ben. Yeah, thank you, Gia. Appreciate you having me. Right. So first off, what is your view of the cyber insurance market right now, and how can brokers and their clients take advantage of opportunities here? Well, I, I actually really liked your intro, right, where we're seeing finally uh, a period of, I would say, uh, leveling out. You know, I, I remember from a couple of years ago before this space even uh, was mature and really companies were still using, you know, policies or, uh, you know, or early cyber liability insurance policies coming from, you know, software and media uh, coverage. Um, and we've seen years now of completely uh, chaotic rises in premiums, right? Uh, which is very, very unsettling for smaller companies and even mid-sized companies to have to deal with on an annual basis. So I would say right now, my view is, Oof, we could finally take a, a breath of fresh air here, right? But also, I, I've seen a major trend in, in this space where the insurers and, and the brokers are now really moving into what I would call a, a risk-based approach to assessing the different companies they're working with, right? And so what that means for the, those that are looking for the policies themselves is if I put forth the effort and the investment up front, then I'm going to get a better premium for my coverage uh, which is great. It's, it's more aligned to what we see in traditional insurance. You know, if I'm a safe driver over the years and I demonstrate that, then my premiums are lower. And so that's what we're moving towards with different companies as well. Absolutely. And I think a lot of, of brokers and their clients will be sharing your sigh of relief. You've, you've talked a bit about how risk management protocols are a key trend for, for cyber. Why do you think this is so? Well, I, I think... Um, First and foremost, it's it's all about the changing landscape of cyber risk. Again, you know, years ago, cybersecurity was really what I would consider, um, or what we used to consider as sort of a back office function. You know, it was aligned to the information technology groups and companies, oftentimes overseen by the IT groups, um, really done as a I wouldn't even call it a necessity, but it was being done because everyone, it was just sort of a, a best practice thing to put in place. But today, right, it's its different. I mean, we're still seeing, although the cost of uh, the total amount extorted from ransomware in 2022 did drop to about 500 million uh, from about 750 million the year before, although we are seeing a drop in ransomware costs, the costs of breaches are still going up. You know, I remember when I used to give presentations uh, around the globe at my last company, I used to have a statistic that I would cite at the beginning of every presentation. And I would say, well, uh, re uh, research shows that the global cost of cybercrime by the year 2020 is going to reach three to five billion, uh, trillion U uh, U.S. dollars globally. 
And now, if you look at that statistic, the same companies are saying the global cost of cybercrime is going to be over $10.5 by 2025, right? So we're seeing this massive increase, even though there are specific areas where it's going down. And so why are risk management protocols a macro trend, in my opinion? And, and, and honestly, I've said this before to other groups is risk management really right, can right-size a company's cybersecurity program, right? We all in the cybersecurity industry have, have grown up with maturity models. Uh, you know, okay, you want, you're, you're a mid-sized company with 2,000 employees and you deal with technology. Well, then you should have a maturity model of three across the board. And that's fine, right? That's a, that's a great way to start. But the reality is risk management takes that data and really brings it to an intelligent process, right? Maturity models have tended to incentivize compliance over risk management, right? We were just concerned about, well, I need to get my program up to this, this number and this maturity model. Is, it, cybersecurity is extremely complex. It's multidimensional. It's a multidimensional domain, right? It involves a wide range of technical, organizational, operational factors. And so if you're just looking at things from a maturity-based uh, approach, you're going to fall short. So risk management comes in. And what it does is it allows us to effectively align the needs of the business, the budget of the business, the economics of the business with the appropriate sized cybersecurity program and controls. And what that does is you're reducing risk in the areas that make the most sense for your company versus simply reducing risk for the sake of, of, of saying, well, we've hit this maturity based model because this framework over set here says I need to do that. Does that does that make sense, Shia? Yes, absolutely. I think you've convinced me. But could you take us through the step-by-step -step process of this? What's the first thing cyber insureds need to do or discuss when they begin to create a risk management protocol? Yeah, I, I think the first thing cyber insurers to do um, is is assess the actual risks that the clients face, right? And Again, it sort of comes to that there, there's no one size fits all approach to cybersecurity, just like many different uh, industries, but cyber specifically, right? You have to understand uh, the type of data the clients are storing or processing, what systems and technologies they're using. Are they cloud-based? Are they on-prem? Uh, uh, what is the potential threats they face? Are you dealing in an industry where nation state actors are targeting them? Or are you looking at hacktivists, right? Where people are trying to make us a, a stand for, for something they believe in, right? All of these different nuances uh, and, and, and uh, circumstances around the types of attacks you're going to see or the risks that that organizations pose, um, you have to understand those first. That's absolutely the first set, right? Then you look at the likelihood and impact of these different successful cyber attacks. Uh, what are the regulatory compliance requirements that organizations face, right? Understanding all of that and understanding the risks is step one. After that, you need to develop that risk management plan, right? Okay, so we have these risks. What are the range of controls and measures that are designed to mitigate those specific risks? Which ones should, do we need to have in place, such as network segmentation, data encryption, what types of access controls, employee training, right? Incident response processes to minimize the impact of any successful cyber attack, right? Those controls and defining those is the second step. And then obviously that plan has to be tailored to, again, the specific needs and circumstances of each of your clients, right? It is, it's, it's not beneficial for me to be handed a list of, of 20 controls that I'm evaluated against when five of those 20 just don't even resonate with my organization, 
it ends up uh, there's a disconnect between the types of premiums I'm being offered or having to pay, as well as the understanding of the the insurer. And then finally, you know, this is not this is a living breathing thing, right? Every year, and I, and I talk about this internally with my team. Every every month that goes by, we're seeing new threats. We're seeing new risk. We're seeing, you know, artificial intelligence and AI. Chat GPT has been around for six months, and if you would think it, it's been here for twenty years as to how often we hear it and we're talking about it now, right? That's brand new. That's a new risk. It's a new opportunistic risk for many organizations, but it's also a new risk to our businesses as 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 uh, as we try to understand its implications. So it has to be a regular review and a regular process of updating that risk management plan to ensure that it remains effective and that it's relevant over time. But overall, that process of creating the risk management protocol for cyber insurance involves assessing, developing a tailored risk management plan, and regular reviews and updating of the plan to ensure its ongoing effectiveness. Definitely. It's something that I think organizations can't just sit on and and forget about it. Um, you've worked with so many different types of companies and, and worked with their, you know, cybersecurity. For you, what is the mark of a, a successful or a an adequately robust cyber risk management strategy? Right. And this is this is one that I, I a question I, I love. And I can give you the, the TLDR, the too long didn't read version, right? And that's it's it's truly uh you can almost tell right away is does that CISO and the CISO organization speak the language of the business, right? Do they know what the business is? What are you selling? What are you making? What are you building? And does that CISO speak often with the executive team for the company or part of the executive team, right? That's the TL, right? So it's it's uh, you know a, a constant involvement. But really, in summary, it's one that a successful or robust cyber risk management strategy is one that mitigates the risk, that's aligned to the defined appetite of the company. It's within the budget, but it still allows for the development, the engineering, uh, collaboration and innovation to occur while minimizing the risk, right? It can't be, the program can't be so security centric that you're impacting your engineering teams or you're impacting the innovation of your your products moving forward. Terrific. Lots to think about, I think, for organizations. Um, let's talk about you a little bit, Ben. You followed a non-conventional path to cyber. You've held positions in both finance and the military. How have those experiences helped you with cybersecurity and this role helping organizations mitigate their risk against cyber threats? I think that's that's a great question, right? And I do believe I have followed a uh, a fairly non-conventional path into cybersecurity. What I'll say is that uh, each one of those steps along the way did equip me with some new skill or uh, capability that I previously didn't have that helped me uh, before arriving at Duck Creek. Uh, I was the an SV, a senior vice president and uh, global head of cyber technology risk for a large-scale financial service company. I learned everything there is to know about global regulation and the changes in global regulation and the impact and the requirements of all these very, very high net worth customers or clients and, and industries that that really equipped me well to, to understand what I should be doing in this role, right? I learned in finance what the best looks like from a cybersecurity program because the reality is they're heavily, heavily invested in programs because there's 
there's very little margin available for error, right? Prior to that, I was an officer in the in the United States Marine Corps. I was a command and control systems officer. And the experience I gained in, in leadership and being able to understand people, being able to execute effectively, align an organization to a set of common objectives, formalize processes. I once worked for a, a colonel who gave me the best quote. I, I've, I still use this often with my, my teams today is, every single thing can be turned into a process. And if it's not turned into a process, then you will never be able to identify efficiencies or inefficiencies to make it better in the long run. And so if you're only operating in an ad hoc fashion, ultimately you're either going to fail or you're going to run yourself into a situation where your lack of your efficiency is so poor that it's, uh, it's not valuable in continuing doing that. So all of these different experiences, uh, and then even on the education side, right? I have a, a master's in finance. Now I only say that because that helped me become better at knowing the business side of things. As I mentioned earlier, it's not, CISOs can no longer come in and just understand cybersecurity, right? Yes, that is absolutely a necessity that they understand cybersecurity and, and you can speak the language and you know what needs to be implemented, but you have to be able to sit in that boardroom and make it relevant to those board members. Make it, show them what the return on the investment is. Show them how we are reducing risk in key areas from a cybersecurity perspective. Terrific insights. Thank you, Ben, for speaking to us on the podcast today. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me again. And I, I hope this has been beneficial for you and uh, your listeners. And that wraps up this episode of IB Talk. I'm Gia Snape, news editor of Insurance Business. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on all major listening channels.